Hey everyone, welcome to the fifth ecosystem project demo. Today we're going to be talking to Octant. Octant is a decentralized governance platform that awards participation with ETH. It is a project by the Gollum Foundation and Octant's mission is to streamline the funding for public goods and to ensure they receive the support that they deserve. Octant is doing this by taking a portion of their staking rewards and using that to distribute to the community who then can give it to public goods projects. We're here with James and we're going to be learning about their app today. Uh, happy to jump in. Thanks for the intro. So my, yeah, my name is James Kiernan. I'm the head of community at Golan Foundation and uh, currently working on Octant. Um, yeah, so, so as you mentioned before, Octant is a platform for experimentation, but at the core of that is community-driven funding of public goods. And I'll explain what that means in a moment. But the high-level rationale is, you know, we're looking for a, a design for sustainable yet community-driven funding. So I'll, I'll kind of walk you through what our setup looks like here and then jump into the app, which just launched a few weeks ago. So this is an MVP setup. We're definitely looking to iterate along the way. But the current design is that we have a large treasury from a crowdfunding round back in 2016. You might remember Golem. From 2016, it raised 820,000 in 30 minutes, quite substantial. I think it's you know one of the top five crowdfunding sessions in the Ethereum space. And fast forward to 2019, our project, because Ethereum had appreciated so much, realized that we you know we could conquer more than just the initial mission, which was a de decentralized or peer-to-peer -peer marketplace for computing power. So Golem Foundation split off from the initial Golem network, and with it took a third of the crowdfunding funds that were in the treasury. And so that's how we got to where we are today with, with the transition to proof of stake that created a, a really unique opportunity for us to where we're going to be staking 100,000 ETH. And then using those rewards and turning those rewards over into Octant. And so with starting with that ETH surplus, what we're looking to then create is incentives for participation and then subsequently public goods funding. So the, the first part is that when you lock our native token into the Octant contract, it's the, the GLM token, every 90 days you're going to be presented with a Ethereum reward proportional to how much you lock into Octant. And I'll show you a graph in a little bit about how that works. The picture definitely helped me understand the uh, rewards a lot more than a lot of people talking about it. But every 90 days you're going to be presented this reward. Now it's the active participation part that's really important. You know, there's a lot of projects out there where all you need to do is to take a one-time action and then you're just going to be recurring rewards, you know, building rewards in your wallet over time. Here you need to actually go into the Octant uh, app and participate. You need to actively claim them for those rewards to be yours. Now, what you do with those rewards is what we're really interested in and what we're really looking to learn and play around with in, in the hopes of really understanding what would drive individuals to fund public goods. So as I mentioned, every 90 days, you're going to be receiving this reward. You can keep that reward for yourself and go along your merry way. It is your money. You can do whatever you want with it. But what you also can do within our Octin app, and I'll show you this in, in a moment as well, is that you can donate part or all of your rewards to any of the public goods projects that are participating in the active round. Now, if you choose the latter, your donation is going to be multiplied or leveraged uh, from a matching pool. And so your money is going to be going a lot further should you donate versus if you claim for yourself. And this can work any number of ways. You don't have to just donate to one project. You can split this up to, I want to take 10% for myself and then divide the 90% amongst nine different projects. You can mix and match pretty much to your heart's desire there. 
But this is what we're trying to incentivize here at the MVP stage is, is understand, you know, what will drive individuals, at least in part, to donate to public goods. And then we're going to be taking that data and, and iterating along the way in future epochs. So it's really important to understand just how Octum functions. You have to lock GLM into our Octum app in order to receive rewards. And then, like I mentioned before, you have to take action or you get nothing. And I'll explain what happens to, the, to those rewards in a moment um, if you don't actually take that action. And then the vote is not final until the allocation window. So we have this two-week period to where the, the allocation window opens and then when it closes. And you can change your vote as many times as you want. There's a few reasons for that, but one of them is that there's a minimum funding threshold that each project needs to receive. Uh, it's very achievable for every project. It's, it's a very low bar, but we're really interested to see if there are projects that are right on the cusp of, of not making it. And maybe there were individuals who were taking more rewards for themselves and they see that this project is right on the threshold. Will they, in fact, donate just a little bit more to, to bump them up so that they get above that cusp, so to speak? So there's a little bit of gamification that we're playing around with there. Uh, moving on to the next slide. So this picture really helped me understand how the staking revenue operates with Octin. So on the bottom so uh, side here, you'll see the blue graph is a function of how much of our total supply, it's capped at 1 billion GLM, how much of our total supply is locked into Octin, and the user rewards, that is the rewards that go directly to the user, is a linear distribution. So the more you lock into the contract, the more you're going to be receiving from our Ethereum rewards. And then this orange graph here, th this represents that matching pool that I was mentioning. So there's a really sweet spot right around 15% to about 30, 35%. That's when the matching reward pool is biggest. And then it starts to get a little bit smaller as we get closer and closer towards a larger supply of octant locked in because we only have a finite amount of rewards and we need to be sustainable with that because more rewards owed to people versus what we have, then obviously this becomes unsustainable. So it's a really interesting setup. So our community, as I mentioned before, comes from this Golem network. Or that's primarily where the initial Octane community is coming from. And they invested into this peer-to-peer -peer marketplace for computing power. We're really, I, I guess you could say, we're fairly confident that there's going to be at least some individuals that come from this aspect of our community that are going to be looking at this project as a passive income generator. And that's totally okay. We're actually happy with that because then for everybody who is interested in funding public goods, um, you're going to be able to leverage this matching pool a lot more because this orange pool here is only going to be going to the public goods project. So say 90% of people who participate in Octin are more self-serving, they want to keep the rewards for themselves, then that 10% of users who decide to donate to public goods they're going to be able to tap into that entire pool themselves. So the more self-serving people are, the more powerful it is for the public goods funding community to, to leverage their donations in a way. So we're really excited about that. Another thing that we're really excited about within Octin is this idea of, of regenerative rewards. So in a lot of different public goods funding platforms, you have to take a little bit of your capital and then it's multiplied from a a matching pool, like Gitcoin does a, a great thing with quadratic funding, and there's other ones as well, like ClearFund. This one here is a little bit different. There, there's just a one-time buy-in. So if you lock in our token one time, 
every three months, you're going to be receiving rewards. You can play the game as long as you want to. And then it's your capital. You can take that, that, that lock-in that you went through at one point and you can take it out at any time. We don't pull your funds with anybody else. And um, as, as soon as you want to stop playing the game, so to speak, you can take that capital and again, move on your merry way. So it's, we see it as less of a repeated effort here to where you don't need to continuously take more capital out of your pocket and donate to public goods. You just need to do it one time in order to play the game of Octon, so to speak. So that's why we're, we're really excited about it. It's really tapping into this idea of uh, regenerative rewards. So with the basic sort of context around how Octon works or what we're thinking with this MVP setup, let's get into the app a little bit here. We're really excited because our first funding round is coming up on October 19th. That's when the two-week allocation period opens, and then it closes on November 2nd. Within Octant, it's never too late to lock in our native token to receive rewards. And I'll talk about that a little bit more as we're going through the app here. But if you are interested at all in funding public goods, it's never too late until that window actually opens to be able to participate. So this is what happens when you come to the Octin app. I'll refresh here because there's a little welcome screen that should pop up. Oh, doesn't look like it wants to. It's okay. So what you're going to do is you're going to connect your wallet to the, to the app. And here's the welcome screen. I hadn't connected my wallet yet. So just going through a basic onboarding process here, you just have to agree to some pretty simple and basic terms, nothing that should jump out at you there. And then after you get through the welcome screen, you are presented here with the projects page. And what I would encourage you to do first, if you are coming into our app for the first time, is moving over into the middle tab here, which is the earn tab. This is kind of what sets up everything else. So on this wallet here, I have locked a thousand GLM. And what you'll see here is this, there's this effective metric that's a little bit below. And as I was mentioning, it's never too late to, to lock into Octane until that allocation window opens. What we do is a time-weighted sort of mechanism here. So say there's a 90-day period before the window opens and you decide to lock in your GLM 45 days in. So it's a linear weighted average of when you decided to lock that, that capital in and how much of an effective reward you're going to be receiving from our staking setup. So I locked in a few days after when this, when Epoch one opened. And so you'll see obviously here that, that my effective GLM is just a little bit less than what my total is. Now, if I keep this capital locked in for the, the next round, this will then catch up to the total lock because I'm going to have it locked in from day one. But as I was mentioning, you retain total control. You don't have to keep it locked in. You can always unlock at any time. Should you want to unlock because there was some crazy appreciation of the GLM token, and you know there are obviously traders that, that want to make a profit in a way, if you were to unlock and then come back and lock back in, your effective donation or your effective lock isn't going to be uh, calculating what you had locked in before and after. It's only going to be calculated from what you had after. So if you had anything locked in before and you decide to unlock, you're essentially starting over within that time-weighted process. So I have some GLM locked in here. Now, what you can then go back to is the projects page. And this is in part why we're, why we're chatting today. So we have 10 public goods projects here that, are, that participated in our first round. It was Epoch 0. Now we're transitioning into Epoch 1. And we have some other projects that are going to be onboarded as well, but these are the projects that participated previously. So that's what you can see currently here. So we have these projects here, and I want to fund a few of these projects when the window opens. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to click the little heart 
both on Ethereum Cat Herders and Protocol Guild, two great projects that you can support. So we'll click on those, and then you'll notice here there's a little two icon that populated on the Allocate tab. So once I move over there, you're then going to be able, you're going to see these projects that you click that little heart on. If I go and remove those hearts, whoops, let me go back. If I go and remove those hearts, then you'll see there's nothing there. So you need to go over into the projects page to populate the projects that you're interested in funding. So once I have Ethereum Cat Herders and Protocol Guild, I'm gonna move over to allocate. Now, since the allocation window isn't open, I don't have the ability yet, which is what it says, no funding uh, threshold for Epoch One. But as soon as October 19th rolls around, I'm gonna have some rewards to play with. And as I mentioned before, you can break this up into as many different ways as you want. I could donate 1% to one project, 99% to another, mix it up and match in, in any way that you see fit. Again, any of the rewards that you are donating to these projects, then you're gonna be tapping into that matching pool. And that's why we're really excited because from the looks of things, we were anticipating somewhere around you know, $350,000 to $550,000 going to the projects that get above the minimum funding threshold. So as I mentioned before, it's a, a really bare bones MVP app. And with that, we have just a few metrics right now that are located on the app. One of the ones that we're really excited about is the total supply of GLM that's locked in. We haven't launched around yet, but we already have about 14% of the total supply. A lot of that, as I mentioned, is coming from that old Golem community. We've been re receiving some pretty solid feedback from them, and, and a lot of them are already beginning to participate. We're really hoping after this first um, round through the Octan app that we're really going to be able to champion how effective uh, the matching pool was for these public goods projects, and we're hoping to cultivate an even bigger public goods funding community after this first round. So we're really looking forward to that process. But yeah, we have about 14, a little over 14% of the total supply locked in. And as you can see here, our first funding window is opening in, in just less than a week. We have a bunch of metrics that are currently being built by the design and dev team. And this page should start to get built out a lot more in the coming weeks and months. So we're really looking forward to seeing the app evolve over time. When you go over into the settings tab here, there's a few things that you can change. You can you know, choose your display currency, always showing the onboarding screen. If you get tired of this onboarding screen here, then you can turn it off. And as you'll notice, when I refresh the page, it doesn't come up. But if it is on there, it should pop up. So you can get rid of that onboarding screen if you wish. And I think that is everything within the app, just because the app is pretty simple so far. And it's really just about funding public goods and getting some data around, you know, what is effective and how we can better improve it moving forward. Yeah, I think this is the demo. You know, this is, yeah, what we're really excited about here. And I'm, I'm happy to answer any questions and maybe give a little more clarity around things that maybe aren't so clear. Since I talk about this all day, it's obviously all clear to me, but happy to shed light wherever, wherever I can. Yeah, this is incredibly interesting. And I, I love that you described it as an experiment in governance. What role do you see decentralized governance playing in the future of Octon? Totally. Yeah. So I really like that question. Right now, <clears throat> the governance is based around how much of our native token that you lock in. And we don't necessarily like this setup in a way. There could be a lot of self-interested people that then would have voting power over things that really we're trying to cultivate around the public that's funding ecosystem. So what we're heavily researching right now is how can we take the amounts that were donated by individuals and then create voting power around that. So say I allocate all of my rewards to public goods, 
creating like a one-to-one -one voting system from donations rather than just the GLM token locked in. Now, what kind of governance process might come from that voting power? Well, I think you should have a say then on what public goods projects get shortlisted into the app for the next round. Like I mentioned, there's a, a minimum funding threshold and projects that don't hit it would need to reapply um, to, to participate in the next round. So there's going to be a snapshot vote in coming rounds here to figure out which projects are the community interested in. And so donating to public projects from the previous round should definitely be rewarded in having weight over the say in, in which public goods uh, get onboarded uh, next round. We're also creating a community incentives program where we're going to be taking a, a part of the rewards um, from our staking setup and then setting up a treasury to where the community has ownership over delegating to uh, members who are maybe doing big aspects uh, for growth uh, of Octon in the social space. Maybe they're contributing in a way to the development. You know, there's other ideas that we have as well, but we want the community to have ownership over where they see value being placed uh, in Octant so that this is a, a collective effort, so to speak, rather than us steering the ship. So we really want to hand big aspects over to the community. And I really think that creating this governance process around who's donating to public goods is going to be pretty critical in, in designing that in a good way. Yeah, that's really cool. You have basically a built-in feedback mechanism for how people vote versus how they have voting power, which is very interesting. You had said that you want to, in the future, give some level of control or all of the control of which projects are in the Octant funding round over to the community. What criteria do you currently use for selecting projects, bringing new people in, and you know how do you see that changing as it transitions away from the Gollum Foundation and more to the community? Yeah, this is a great question. When we first had this pre-launch event, EPOD Zero, that, that Ethereum Cat Herders and the other projects that you see on the screen here participated in, the way it was chosen was me. <laughs> I went around and, and chose each project because each project, I think, has made great impact on the ecosystem. And we were a really small team at the time. And we didn't want to really dive into very deep aspects because you, you can really go down a, a rabbit hole in terms of like what projects should get funded and, and you know, where that, you know, that threshold is, you know, there's a lot of projects I think that could have been on this list. I just went with some no brainers and there really wasn't more thought put into it. But besides that, we wanted to keep things pretty simple, but moving forward, the, I guess I could take a step back a little bit. Kevin Iwaki talks a lot about you can't really define what a public good is in a broad sense. Like it's really community dependent. And so we're really interested to see how the community takes hold with this voting process, because ultimately it's what the community values that they would deem a public good. And so we already have uh, a handful of projects that are joining us for the next round. It's gonna be really interesting to see here what happens in this allocation window, which, which projects the community ultimately values by donating to them and which ones they don't. And then from there, allowing the community to, to take a hold of that even further with the snapshot vote that's gonna be coming up next round. Which projects do they vote in? Which projects do they um, not vote in? Like they're going to have a lot of say, and we have no idea how that's going to take shape. The criteria that we have just on doing the temp check is very broad and simple. They just have to ha be committed to data privacy. If they're a software project, they have to be committed to open source software. They have to be like a not VC funded or, you know, for profit in a VC way. But 
beyond that, our exclusion criteria is very simple. And we chose to keep it that way because we want the community to shape this themselves rather than us imposing a lot of our values or thoughts on it when we want to be a community first program. So we have to put our money where our mouth is, so to speak, with that and live by that. So yeah, we'll see what public goods in the next year maybe look like in terms of Octant. And that's more or less, like I said, going to be answered by the community in these coming rounds. For the community aspect, you know, there's a lot of different communities who might be coming from different places as they try and get their projects into this funding round. What do you see as a way of expanding access to people who want to be funding public goods, potentially using ETH in some way to contribute directly? And how does that factor into the whole voting power conversation? Do you mean ETH in terms of Octane or do you mean ETH just in terms of public goods funding in general? So if someone didn't have anything staked in the earned process, just oh. using ETH or, or some other way to expand access to public goods funding. Yeah. So so it's really easy to obtain our token. So you could go to any of the decentralized swaps like Uniswap, SushiSwap. You know, I, I don't want to pick and choose winners here. Those are just two that, that come off of my mind. Yeah. You just swap for the GLM token, lock it into Octant. And you can unlock any time and take it on your merry way. We hope that GLM may be appreciated a little bit for you in a way as well. So that, you know, all sides are happy here. In terms of, well, I'm sorry, could, could you repeat the second part of the question there? Like, how, how could people get involved or like? Yeah, basically just the idea of if someone wanted to do some kind of direct funding, using Octant as a means of providing direct funding through ETH or something like that. Yeah, I would say, I don't know if Octane is the best mechanism for direct funding, but we are partnered with a project that I think would scratch that itch, so to speak. And I would love to give them a little bit of a shout out right now if you haven't uh, heard about them already. If you haven't heard of Drips, it's a really neat application that allows for upstream funding. So essentially, we're going to be creating a Drips list this round, and we are setting up a list here of the four major dependencies that Octane depended upon. And we're going to be taking the rewards that are donated there, those ETH rewards, and then those are going to be split amongst our drip list. So if you have libraries, dependencies, individuals that, that you have found really beneficial for you, this is a very um, cool and unique tool to allow you to show that gratitude and appreciation for things that you have found valuable and you want to contribute towards. I, I, I would say that this is probably the mechanism for that. Going back to what you were talking about with outside communities and everything, that's kind of where we are right now is a lot of outside communities are coming in and wanting to show support for their individual projects. What we're really going to be looking to do over these coming rounds is there, there's a really big yet dormant golem community because we're so old there's a lot of people that hold our token but they're you know during a bear market or you know just general sentiments you know people might be laying pretty low and so what we're really trying to cultivate is what i mentioned before that this matching pool and overall octant is just what we think is really interesting especially to people who are already holding our token and so activating this community in any way possible just through you know creating viral tweets highlighting you know, impact that different projects are having, the highlighting impact that Octane is having. I think that can go re a really long way towards uplifting the public goods funding ecosystem that's coming to Octane that maybe doesn't have a community to leverage. Or if there are projects that do have com uh, a community to leverage, they are more than welcome to come to Octane and leverage Octane to to support that project that that is near and dear to their heart. So 
we kind of see this as a, a multifaceted approach of, you know, people might be coming in and being a little more focused in, in what they're trying to achieve with Octin, or there might be this, this broader community that we're just looking to expand into and allow them to see this regenerative aspect in funding public goods and themselves, if, if that's how they see it, and being like this really cool vehicle to do so. Super cool. So this is the first epoch that's going to be kicking off in six days. And it incorporated all of these new experiments. You now have this new app and it's going to be using the staking rewards. Is there anything else you wanted to highlight about the difference between the first round and the second? I know some members of our community had contributed in the uh, first round. Yeah, so so I'll take a step back and kind of highlight the difference between what's taking place uh, previously in this upcoming round because it's, it's definitely different. So Epoch Zero was a uh, pre-launch event uh, our goal was to launch Octum back in April, but we had some critical bugs in an audit that we needed to fix, and thus we weren't able to launch Octum when we had initially anticipated. So being that there was going to be this gap in when we expected to and ultimately when we were able to, we ran this event called Epoch Zero, which was a simple snapshot vote where there was a million dollars in a pool, and the community that wanted to participate could just go to Snapshot and vote for any of the projects that you see here. Yeah, you could vote for these projects. And then, yeah, there was going to be a simple payout to each of the projects based on what the turnout was. That was simply just using Snapshot. We've sunsetted that there because now we have Octin. Octin is live and Octin is going to be the main mechanism for this moving forward. So all of the allocation, you know, everything as far as funding goes, that, that happens on Octin now, not on Snapshot. We're still going to be using Snapshot, like I said, for shortlisting new projects that are coming into the vacant spaces from the previous rounds. But by and large, we're really looking to focus on build, building out Octin to where it's a really engaging app. And we have a number of ideas for that. In terms of future rounds, we're going to be taking a lot of feedback that we see from this first round here. There's a lot of projects that are participating in Epoch 1. I think, I think there's 24 in total. That might not be sustainable for where our community is right now. So we're a pretty small community from where we want to be. And 24 projects just might not be where the sweet spot is. And so I think seeing where that minimum funding threshold lays and where the projects who, who were able to ascend above it and how many projects we have below it in, in a way might determine, you know, how many projects we, we should set for the next round. And we might put, put that up to a community vote as well. There's also going to be other things around the process. You know, this is the first time we actually had a process for, or for public goods to submit themselves to Octin. We're taking a lot of feedback right now about how we can better streamline that so it's a better experience, both for the projects themselves and also for us, so that everybody is really happy. Again, we're taking any and all feedback, so you're more than welcome Welcome to come to our Discord and be as brutally honest as you want to. It's really going to help us improve along the way here. So yeah, this is the first of many sort of feedback mechanisms for us. So yeah, we're really looking forward to seeing what happens in, in Epoch 1 and then iterating from there. Yeah, I love the idea of iterating as you go, trying to figure out the best way to keep people engaged, but also fund public goods along the way. That's really cool. Do you have any last bits of advice or recommendations that you would give to other public goods that are looking to apply for funding or bring their communities to Octant? Yeah, I would say that pay very close attention to what happens for Epoch One. As, a, as the person leading the community right now, I've noticed that there is projects that are engaging with our community, including Ethereum cat herders. There's a bunch of others on the list as well that are doing so. But then there's also a, a solid group of projects that 
came in and applied, and then we haven't heard anything from them since. <laughs> so I, I suspect, I could be totally wrong in this, but I suspect that there's going to be a correlation between the projects that are engaging the community, both outside of ours and inside, and the ones who aren't, and how the distribution of funds ultimately plays out. I, I, I think there's going to be a strong correlation there, if I were to guess. So paying close attention to what happens in Epoch One, because I'm also going to be publishing a report of what I saw in relation to what I just mentioned. And if you're interested in coming to Octant and seeing it as a useful tool for you, you know, taking that, that feedback that transpired from Epoch One, which projects did well, which projects didn't do well, and then applying that to what your strategy might be so that you are ultimately successful in the round that you are applying for. I, I think that would probably be the best advice that I have to give right now. And I'll, I'll have a lot more, obviously, after the, the window closes on November 2nd. Yeah, thank you so much. One last question I have before we start wrapping up is we talked a little bit about how someone can apply, but also the opposite of how projects can be removed or need to reapply for future cycles. You talked about the threshold. Could you give a little bit more detail of how the threshold is calculated and generally why it's important for people to keep that in mind when they're funding public goods? Totally. Yeah. So, so the, there's a big aspect of gamification um, that our team has placed into this, and that's where this window comes in. So as I mentioned, I think at the beginning of the presentation here, you can come in and change your allocation as many times as you want. It's not going to cost you any gas to do so. And so in a way, this is one of the experiments that, that we're going to be looking at is with projects right on the cusp what are users going to be doing with that information in front of them? Maybe they won't care at all. Maybe there's going to be a lot of changing towards the very end of the window that you know, we're going to see. Getting back to your initial question about the minimum funding threshold and how it's calculated, the, it's determined by the number of projects that are particip participating in a round. So if we have 24 projects that are participating this round, each project needs to receive 148th of what users donate. So say users keep 90% of the Ethereum rewards for themselves, and then they end up donating 10%. Each project needs to get 148th of that 10%. So a really small threshold, so to speak. And there's, you know, there's social aspects to that as well. You know, a, a lot of what we see and we're really cognizant of is, you know, when people run rounds or when optimism runs rounds or Gitcoin run rounds, there are, there's a big social aspect to where people are really trying to inspire engagement and support. And so we anticipate we're going to be seeing this as well, especially with projects that maybe are right around the cusp. But again, it's going to be the results that we're really interested in after the window closes. Awesome. Thank you so much, James, for your time. For people in our community, keep an eye out for Octant. If you're interested in contributing, Hop into our Discord, let us know. And if you have any questions for Octant or want to get more involved in their community, hop into their Discord. Thank you, James. If you have any final words, you know, feel free to make them now. Yeah, I think I, I just want to thank you and anybody who's watching later. Thanks for your time. And I, I really appreciate you checking out our app. As I mentioned before, we're open to feedback. So so please share that if you have any. Um, I'm really looking forward to um, supporting Ethereum cat herders and some of these other amazing public goods. It's really commendable when I was able to learn about Pooja and, and what she has done ultimately for the Ethereum ecosystem for so long now. So that in a large way is what we're hoping to support with Octant is projects that are making an impact like that in the space. So a big thanks to her and the community that you've built, Pooja. 
And yeah, I'll be supporting you guys personally. Obviously, I have a little bit of a GLM locked in. So I'm, I'm happy to say that I'll definitely be su uh, supporting you with some of my voting power as well. So looking forward to that. And uh, yeah. everyone for watching the video and uh, we'll see you in the next one.